Welcome back to another episode of the Sounder at Heart podcast. I am Jeremiah O'Shan. I'm Mark Kastner. This is the Sounder at Heart podcast. Joined by my co-hosts, Mickey Turner, Susie Rantz, Tim Foss, Beth Mantle, and Dave Clark. This has been an extremely weird podcast. How are they going to be able to handle that? Just the bottom line is they don't have an answer to that. There was never really a time when I was super concerned. Seattle did fine. There's a reason they got signed to first team contract. Very special guest, Brian Spencer, head coach of the Seattle Sounder. You know who he is. Brian how are you doing? I'd start off, Jeremiah, by saying one thing, and this isn't my quote. I have to attribute this to Tom Dutra. He always says, tough times don't last, tough people do. Welcome back to another episode of the Sound at Heart podcast. I'm Jeremiah Shan. Joining me today is our good friend, Nico Moreno. Uh, you know him from Sound at Heart, but you also probably know him from Pulso. And from MLS ES, uh, welcome to the show. We're going to welcome to the show, Nico. Hey, what's going on, guys? Uh, just excited to be back on the Sounders podcast. I don't get a lot of this invite, so when they do happen, uh, right? I get very excited, <laughs> you know? I am part of the the faraway, uh, distant cousin family of Sounder Art, and I'm excited to be on anytime that I can, especially when we got... CONCACAF Champions League, and yeah. I can bring uh, a little bit of uh, additional information about uh, this uh, Central American teams that can be, you know, hard to play and somewhat interesting in their own way. Yeah, so the reason, like you alluded to, the reason we had you on, we're having you on is, uh, we'll, we don't need a, a big excuse, but today the excuse is the Sounders are going to be playing their first competitive game of the season against Montagua um, of the Honduran League on thursday which is god just three days away right that is crazy i can't believe it three days away from now uh (laughs) but we don't i don't know anything about this team so um lay give me the the ten thousand foot view what what are we looking at here is this a game the a a game the sounders should win is this a series the sounders should win yeah i've been on a couple of shows and i've said that compared to what Seattle faced against Olympia uh, last time they were in this tournament against a very good coach team by uh, Pedro Troglio and an Olympia team that regardless of having some uh, missing players and some injuries, just because of the strategy and continuity of, of that coach and, and, and just kind of what you saw of them coming into that game, you thought that it was going to be a, a battle. I still think that I still thought at the moment that Seattle should have gone through, uh, but I knew they were going to play well, and, and they did. Matagua is not that team. I, I don't think they are uh, what I would call a um, contender in in their own league uh, recently, right? As of now, I w- uh, this specific tournament they started off stumbling and mumbling and just quite not getting it. They, they've picked it up uh, as of late. Uh, they are a team that uh, is very defensively sound. They play um, with a lot of discipline. Uh, I think uh, uh, Coach Vasquez uh, is a, a coach that prefers to have established teams that uh, defend well. Uh, they're, they are good on the air, both on the defensive end and offensive end. They got a couple of uh, good big defenders at, at, in the central uh, of that defense. Um, and they're just, they were just coming in from a, uh, 
I thought good game uh, against Olympia. That's the Honduran Derby. Uh, the two top teams, right? But uh, at the moment, Matagua is, is fourth in the table uh, because of that kind of rough start that they've had. Uh, but this was a good game, and he showed me a little bit of what you're going to see uh, from this team, uh, which is they're going to allow you to have possession. Uh, I thought in, against Olympia, they played a little deeper than I typically see them. So I think they will allow teams to perhaps pin them in their own back uh, and then attack encounters typically out in wide positions and look to uh, come in with crosses in. So I, I think we're going to see a lot of that um, with the Sounders game. Uh, they're not super strong when it comes to set pieces, but I think it is one of the aspects of the game that they try to influence uh, to their advantage. Uh, so, yeah, so that's basically a, a overall look at, at what you might see uh, with this team. So this game is being played at Montagua's home stadium, which is the same stadium that the Olympia match was played at, uh, although Olympia wasn't – that's not Olympia's home stadium, if I remember correctly. Uh, but the the Olympia stadium wasn't uh, conc- wasn't cleared to play for CONCACAF. This one is, but unlike the Olympia game, which they were able to bring a lot of fans, even though they weren't uh, they weren't there, uh, even weren't at home, they still got a pretty decent crowd. This one will have no fans, is my understanding, right? That's right. That's right. Uh, there was uh, an incident against Comunicaciones in uh, the last. Uh, uh, portion of, of this tournament and therefore uh, there was a sanction and those sanctions only come in when fans are overly aggressive and there was actually some physical incidents that uh, you know created this this sanction to come around and therefore this would be a a closed game as they, they say in, in Spanish is just no, no fans just at both teams and I think there's going to be a a big factor I mean we know what yeah. these, uh, Central American teams can do in terms of um, becoming hostile, you know, making a hostile environment, making it difficult. Uh, and I, I think uh, Matag won't have that in this particular game. Yeah. So in this, uh, that's, that does seem to be a big part of it. You know, the Sounders have been down to Central America a, a bunch over the course of their, their time. And, and the crowds there are always uh, pretty, pretty uh, pumped up, we'll say. And there, and it's a great atmosphere from a, from a viewer standpoint, I can imagine it, it creates a a lot more tension on the field. Uh, But the stadium also is sort of like in a unique space. It's, it's up, it's at elevation, if I remember correctly. And it has this crazy, every time the Sounders play there, I always talk about this, but it's worth noting. They have this crazy landing uh, in the airport where you, you've like fly through the mountains, essentially. Yeah. That that's kind of a, a, not a cliche, but just it, it's something that always comes about because it, it is kind of extraordinary the way the the, the stadium and the city and the, and the airport is kind of all put together. And and uh, even the players, I, I've heard how it, it is a little nerve wracking the, the way it, it comes <laughs> For their own players. It, uh, For their own players, you're saying. Uh, no, no, no. Uh, people who come in to play. Oh, there. okay. You know, like last time the Sounders played, they were like, "Man, I've never been to a place like that." <laughs> um, so it, it, it's it, it's worth mentioning, especially for those in the audience that might not be, you know, quite familiar with it. Uh, it it's odd. It's interesting. It's kind of amazing, to be quite honest. Uh, so, so it, it's a good talking point for sure. So, going beyond, not to overlook this game, or I don't know. I guess we can sit into this game a little bit more. Is your sense, though, that the Sounders should be pretty significant favorites in this one? 
Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, uh, like I said, uh, the Sounders are not only a team that is going to come into this 2022 as a top contender. Uh, they're uh, a team that if you compare the the rosters in, in uh, terms of, of how much each roster is worth and the type of talent and players you have, absolutely. They are by far the, the, the favorite in this one. Um, I think every MLS team actually in this first round is a favorite uh, unless you're, no, actually, nobody's playing a Mexican team in this one. Uh, Not in so, the first yeah. round, no. Yeah, yeah. So maybe uh, Montreal, I can't remember. But anyways, th- when it comes to Seattle, man, th- they are definitely a team that should have the upper hand, um, not just because of how uh, Matag was doing right now, but they were actually able to bring in some uh, interesting players that have uh, played throughout the domestic tournament. But for some reason, they weren't able to um, register those players uh, adequately for the CONCACAF Champions League uh, tournament, and they won't be part of it. Um, so I got him right here. It's uh, uh, Maldonado, uh, Olego, which is a, a pretty interesting Argentine uh, forward, um, and uh, uh, Banditiel. So these are three players that they brought in to help out this team that uh, we're, we're going to be interesting uh, players coming into this tournament, but they just weren't registered on time, so they won't be available. So I, I wouldn't consider those in some way a uh, not an injury uh, missing player, but just those players that won't be able to just come into this game. And so what are the players that you we do expect? Who are, who are players that we should be paying attention to? Who are like their, who are their danger men? Uh, who are their big, uh, you know, defender types? Roberto Moreira is a Peruvian um, forward that has a lot of good qualities to him. He's a he's a really good goal scorer. He uh, understands well how to uh, take advantage of um, defenders in bad positions. So he uh, he's a very smart player. Uh, in the the last game against um, Olympia, he actually scored. Uh, he's a guy that I would reference quite often uh, and someone that, depending on how they play Seattle, uh, it will be a guy to watch for sure. Um, in the middle of the field, uh, they also have some interesting players. Uh, Jonathan Nunez, though, uh, who I think is one of their best defensive midfielders, he came off to what the coach said that was some dizziness. And uh, this was just a couple of days ago. I haven't heard back on what his status is. Uh, but Nunez is a really good player, fundamental, uh, functional player for this midfield. And uh, if he's not able to play, I think that would be a huge uh, hole to fill for um, this Matagua team. Uh, another player that's interesting is Angel Tejeda. He came in um, it, it, in a couple of games this season and has been influential. Uh, so I think he's going to be a guy that's going to be up top um, uh, for uh, Matagua along with Moreira. So he, he's an interesting player. Um, another aspect for Matagua that I want to be looking at is if they're going to play with a three-man back line or a four-man back line. They've kind of switched on and off between those two, and he can really tell you how they're going to attack the game. Um, but my sense is that they're going to play uh, with, with with four midfielders and two defensive mids. And I'm talking about straight, fully functional defensive mids. Not a lot of movement, not an eight, not a box-to-box midfielder, just two guys that are going to be doing a lot of 
uh, defending, a lot of uh, eliminating Seattle from connecting in the middle of the field. Uh, so, yeah, so there's just a couple of players. And so, um, and is there anyone, any, like, any particular weaknesses that you think the Sounders might be able to exploit? We still obviously don't know a lot about the Sounders, so it's hard to say. But uh, is there something about them that you feel like is, you know, an area that teams probably want to attack? Yeah, I, I think that uh, in transition, uh, there could be a team that uh, when they, whenever they get off their own low block, they're going to try to obviously become offensively. And I think that they struggle going from their their deep blocks to one day, once they attack and they leave a lot of space in that transition moments. So I think that's something Seattle could use to their advantage. I think that uh, their goalkeeper, when it comes to set pieces, I, I don't think he dominates the range of the area well. Uh, and even in this last game, he had a couple of sloppy uh, times where he just came out ill-advised and off position. So I think set pieces are going to be big for Seattle on corners, on uh, free kicks, kind of putting uh, a couple of uh, balls in the box. Uh, if the goalkeeper plays anything like he's played the last couple of games. So that, that's somewhere where Seattle can definitely attack. Um, and just keeping possession. The, Matagua cannot affect the game if they don't have the ball. And although they are going to allow Seattle to have it, if you dominate that part of the game and you can just um, put your own tempo, I think that's going to really create issues for Matagua. They're at home. There's no crowd. Uh, they're not going to want to go into Seattle with a deficit or, or, or maybe even with a draw. So I think that if Seattle can – hold the ball, be patient, and look for their moments, that's a, a, a way to attack this game forward. You know, I, I go back to the – it's funny. I hadn't really thought a lot about the uh, about the Olympia matchup at all, frankly, uh, after because right after – as you probably remember, right after they lost that thing, the whole world sort of fell apart. And so <laughs> there, hasn't been, there hasn't been a lot of opportunity to really think about that match, but it's – like going back to it, it's kind of remarkable to realize the Sounders had a two zero lead on the road. Uh, even when, and then they went back home, they gave up two late goals or not both late goals, but two second half goals. I want to say, uh, and they went home and it was a disappointing, but like, ultimately you were pretty happy with the two, two tie. Uh, and then they, they took another lead. They had a, I, I guess they, did they take two leads in the, in the second leg? In any case, they, they controlled, they were in control of most of that series. And then, like, on the last play, uh, Olympia tied it up, and then they, of course, won in penalties. And it's and if I'm picking up what you're laying down, you're, what you're suggesting is that if the Sounders were to jump out to a 2-0 lead, this is the type of team that's going to have even more trouble coming back than Olympia, who, for, you know, as much as we may have overlooked them, they had some quality players. Absolutely, 100%. That, that, that's what you're going to see. I, I mean, and, and going back to that game, Regardless of, of how it played out, uh, I mean, the Sounders made a lot of mistakes, I think, because there were so many new pieces kind of coming into that that team. And uh, Olympia, once again, a, a much more dangerous team than this Matagua team, they were able to exploit some of that. Uh, but to the opposite end, this Matagua team, if they get the lead, they're going to be able to control it so much better. They're going to be able to just defend that's the way I think they like to play the game is 
in this last game against Olympia, they scored in the 11th or 10th minute and they completely dropped back. So Seattle is going to need to be able to take the lead, dominate the game uh, and, and just have the upper hand at so, home and in a way. And so uh, zooming out a little bit uh, and, and looking at this tournament sort of in broader terms, how important do you think it is for the Sounders to do well in this tournament? You know, they, they've been to the semifinals uh, they've had good teams, but I don't feel like they've ever been as well set up to make a long run as they are this year. Uh, not only do they have a quality roster, a deep roster, uh, who might not all be literally available on Thursday, but you know, I would think by the home leg, at least they'll have most of these pieces available. Uh, but and you look beyond this game, they have potentially Leon uh, out of Liga MX next in the next round. But then potentially that's the only uh, Liga Amekis team that they're going to have to play until a final if they were obviously to, to keep advancing. And Lyon does not, you know, they, they I realized they went to the Ligila, uh finals last year, but they have, and, they, and this is obviously the same team, the Sounders pushed to the extreme in the League's Cup final. But this is not like a giant of Mexico. This is, you know, as far as as beatable Mexican teams get, this is this is sort of like the sweet spot, like, you can you can get credit here without feeling like overwhelmed by the by this opponent, right? Um, and I guess to bring it back, do you feel like this is an important statement uh, year for the Sounders in this tournament? Absolutely. I, I mean, you kind of said it all. Where Seattle's position in their bracket, uh, and considering the team that they're bringing back. This has to be a statement here for Seattle. This is what Garth's been looking for. This is what this team needs to do to put themselves in a global aspect as a top team in the Americas. They're already well-known. They're already very, very well-respected. But getting far in a tournament like this is a difference changer, is a difference maker. I mean, League's Cup is one thing, but CONCACAF Champions League is... It's, it's, it's an older tournament. It's a more set tournament. It, it, it provides you with a lot more relevance. So for Seattle, it is now or never. I mean, with the type of acquisition that you made, which you, is only one, right? One big one, which is Albert Rusnak. But you were able to retain all your big players, all your DPs. Uh, you have, you know, four quality uh, DP players in your squad. So it's now or never. This is absolutely a defined moment in the history of this team and they have to execute seattle has to be able to live that moment and take advantage of it because it's definitely uh everything's kind of lining up the the way that the bracket for concave championship played out how the team is balanced and, and in depth and, and in so many ways favorable to the sounders uh, so, yeah, I, I think it's now or never for, for this team to really make a statement in CONCACAF. Yeah, and I, I think that's totally fair. You know, this is a team who's made a lot of a lot of noise over the years about how seriously they take this tournament, how big of a deal it is, how they really want to put their flag down. And and there's always been, I think, understandable uh, explanations for why they, they didn't get farther. Some of that is that they just you know, like against Olympia, they just, they just failed to live up to expectations. I don't think it was a matter of taking it seriously, but I, I, I do think that it's important when, when the, when it sets up the way that it sets up like this year, 
that you do make that run that, you know, it's a, that doesn't mean they have to win this or else it's not worth playing or anything like that. But I think they have to put a, a, a solid foot forward. And I think they need to show people that they can, they, that they can't just compete in an international tournament, but that they can be one of the elite teams in this region. And, and the way you do that is, you know, yeah, league's cup was nice, but those were, they won their home games. Uh, you got to do more than win home games. You got to win on the road. You got to, you got to get results on the road. And you, and you definitely have to put teams like Montagua to the sword where you like, this is a team they should beat. And they, and, and we, that's the standard we should hold them to. Absolutely. And, and when it comes to what, what guard Lagerway has kind of built his roster for, I think this is it yeah. to play two tournaments early in the season you have uh, a lot of continuity, so you're hoping that that chemistry is already built, is already there. Um, physically, you have a lot of players that are taking advantage of being called out by national teams. We've had the most in a very long time, right? Nuhu is, is in a great moment in his career, physically, technically, with, with, with Cameroon. Uh, Javier Arriaga, Yamar Gomez-Andrade getting called up. I mean, everybody but Raul and, and Nico, who were the usual call-ups. Uh, I mean, this, this team is, is ready to go. Uh, I think Christian Roldan is going to come in with a chip on his shoulder, uh, after you know being called up to this uh, national team and being part of that training, but not being taken in, in consideration, Jordan Morris coming off a you know injury and and, and ready to just get back in, into that uh, role of being a protagonist and a leader for this team up front. So absolutely, man, I, I think that Seattle has all of the the tools to just take over this Concacaf Champions League. Yeah, no, I, I totally agree. And I think that this is, to me, this is a year where you have to, you, you sort of have to make a statement if you're ever going to do it. Like, it's just not going to, the roster is not going to set up much better than it is right now. I mean, sure, it's, you can argue it's not perfect, but it's never going to be perfect. That's the nature of CONCACAF Champions League is that, especially for MLS teams, it's, it's like, you're never going to get all your games played in the middle of the season with all your best players perfectly available. Like, that's just not, no one has has no team, no MLS team has ever uh, been given that opportunity because that's just not how it falls on the calendar. And 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 if you were to ask how much better could this set up, I don't know that you can. Like you can you can maybe argue that the first like there are there are certainly easier draws than the Sounders get in this first one in this first uh, round. But it, if you can't beat Montagua, who like how can we expect you to beat uh, Leon the next round? And how can we expect you to beat? Uh, probably a Liga Amekis team in the final, right? Like it's, this is, this is the path. This is how you get there. And no, that's, that's exactly it. And it's the same thing as last season. I mean, as as much as Olympia was a well-coached team and they had some, some quality players and some strong forwards and, you know, they, they beat you out in PKs. Yes. But for you to allow that game to at home, yes, get that far out, and, and, and into the PKs, that's really on the Sounders. And yeah. I think Brian Smetzer and everybody was disappointed because they knew that they they were potentially better than that team. So yeah. they have to do the same thing here. You can be better on paper, but Matagua has gotten quite a few games already of, of yep. uh, the domestic league. They're ready to go. They're coming in from a derby against Olympia. You know, they, they've already stumbled in the beginning of their season. So they've adjusted and made their changes. So can Seattle do that early and 
live up to expectation against a team like this one because they're, yeah. they're, they're going to be the underdog and they're going to come in ready to fight, giving you everything, nothing to lose. And, and in that mental battle, that's where the Sounders have to go in and not take them lightly, not say we're the MLS team playing this smaller hundred team. No, you got to come in and you got to play your best as if you were playing Leon, America, whoever it is that you think is a top team in this uh, uh, conference of CONCACAF. That's the way you got to play. And I think, and I, and I think the players, the Sounders have the players and the coaching and all the experience they need to understand that. Right. Like they don't need to hear that from us, but I just think it's important to, to say like, this is the, the expectation should be that you win this one. The expectation should be that you are competitive in every in every match they play during this this tournament, and and there's no real good reason for them not to be. I I am curious. You have a much better sense of this than I do. Uh, you know, you obviously are are uh, interacting with a lot more Spanish language media and also a lot of Spanish language uh, fans, presumably. Uh, do you get the sense that Champions League is a bigger deal for them, or is that something that we project onto that? sort of that market that's interesting no i think it's important to them i i really do i think that because there is this narrative about mexico being the giant of the the Concacaf area uh, they expect the same thing from their their teams and uh when it comes to other leagues like Costa Rica and Honduras and uh, Panama, all of these teams, they want to be able to compete and get on that level. So I do think it's a big thing because of uh, that battle for domination of my league is better than yours. There is a lot of comparisons made in that sense. When we talk about growth in, in general basis with people in media or conversations that are had, Nobody's talking about infrastructure and youth and academies. Literally, all you talk about is, but have you won the Champions League? Right. Oh, what happened? <laughs> when has the MLS team really won it? So it, it is a big deal. It, it does make a bit of a difference in, in that aspect. And the players, too. The players go in thinking and knowing, hey, this is the tournament that we're playing against MLS teams. We want to beat them. And it yeah. goes both ways now. Now that yeah. MLS... Is a is a much better league than it was five four years ago. Now that much better players are are going to be playing against. I know these guys are all chomping at the ability and the and the opportunity to, you know, make it worth. We saw it with the guys in Vegas. They wanted that game, that final. I know. As much as it was a smaller tournament, and you know, some would say a made up tournament. Uh, it, it was it was it was a title. There was some silverware on the line. And, and, and you really wanted to be the Leon team. So Seattle, I think they all are thinking about that moment and, and about that loss, and they want that revenge. They want to be able to say, hey, we won that international tournament. Yeah, I, I, I agree with you. I, I think that for all the criticisms that are, I think, fair of, of League's Cup, that at the end of the day, it was an international tournament. It would have been a big deal if the Sounders had been able to get that across the line. It was a missed opportunity. I think it was a, a great final. I would have loved to have been there. I actually am kind of looking for, I'm very intrigued by the, the future of that tournament, but I think in order to make that tournament seem more relevant is you also have to be competitive in a real tournament like this one. Like this is like, you got to be able to travel to foreign countries and get results. You have to be able to beat uh Liga Mekis teams at full strength when you, when you host them, like, these are the things like, and, and it's like, if, if the sound, if, 
MLS is to be taken seriously from a competitive perspective with Liga MX. They can't like even if they dominate League's Cup, if they're still not winning Champions League, I think it it che- totally cheapens like that 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 talent gap. It it or the perception gap. I guess is a really a better way of putting it is that if we really expect these two leagues to be on equal footing uh, perception wise, it's it's tournaments like this one that uh, teams like the Sounders have to start being very competitive in and ideally winning. And that's what you have to look. A, a win would be a big deal as it is. And, and especially away and, and being able to come in with a result here at home is big, but, but it's got to be past that. You, you have to be able to, in my opinion, you're going to have to be able to dominate this game, really put your mark and, God, it's easier said than done, but that's what I just think that that they need to do. I agree. They need to be able to come in and really beat this team straight out. Yeah, I think that would. I mean, that would be. I think it would be a great statement, and I think it would be something that uh, I suspect, uh, based on what you've said and what the, how the Sounders tend to play, is that they'll probably look to do something like that. You know, whether or not they they pull it off, you know, that's that's another thing, right? But I think that is what they will be trying to do. And hopefully they can do it. And it would be a great way to make a statement. I mean, this is a team that is full of not just uh, pedigreed players, but players that have been in big games like this, who have been in big tournaments, who know what it takes to beat opponents like this one. This should not be taking, this is not a team that should be taken by surprise by anything that they see, especially in a closed door game uh, against a, you know, like you said, like a decent, but not great Honduran team. So hopefully Hopefully it goes the way we want it to go, right? Exactly. And once again, Seattle is going into a situation where Daniel Maldonado is is by far the best defender in this team. And that's the guy they brought in to be the the Yamar, let's say it, of that squad. And he's not going to play this game. So you got to take advantage of that. you got to be able to, to to really get Raul in good positions in, in, in between the four-man back line. And uh, you got to push him and you got to get Rusnak up high and make sure that Jordan is breaking down that team because you can do this. You absolutely can do this. And as, uh, as far as Moreira, who is it's a, it's a very good forward, he has been declining a little bit i mean he just came out with a goal but he's not the forward you saw maybe a year ago so i just think that not even this matagua is in their best moment so that's exactly why i almost think it's it's a must that seattle dominates this game yeah yeah absolutely i totally agree and uh so there you go sounders pressure's on you no 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 make us look make us look good Absolutely, 100%. It'll be interesting, man. I'm excited to see him. I think uh, this is really going to kind of give them the tempo for the rest of the season, right? I mean, if you start off with a couple of big wins, man, I mean, this thing could be very, very exciting. Look, I said it before. I think that Seattle has all the tools to be, to, to, to win it all, to win it. I'm talking about all. Win the Champions League in CONCACAF and win the domestic league here with MLS. That's my perception. That is my expectation. It's not Brian's or guards or whoever's, but I think that this is how good this team can be. Yeah. And, and I, I agree. I think they are talented enough to do it. And now anything less, will that be unsatisfying? No, I, I think I'll be able to find joy personally. in if they, <laughs> if they win one of these things, I'll be happy. Right. But like, I think this is a team that's set up to do that, that kind of stuff. Uh, it's a team that should be able to compete on multiple fronts. It's a team that 
uh, should absolutely be able to compete in this tournament. And they, and I, I don't see any reason why they shouldn't be able to compete in champions league or in, in the MLS as well. Uh, while I have you though, uh, Nico, you've obviously done a lot of reporting on uh, this off season. You had some, you had some great reports out on, on Rui Diaz's situation, as well as a bunch of other players. Uh, what's your sense of the mood in the locker? All of a sudden, it's not very often that you get a locker room with a bunch of guys on guaranteed, like on with new guaranteed contracts for multiple years is what's your sense of, of, of the mood in there. They're excited, man. I mean, everybody is on this course of look, now we all got extended contracts. We all this big family and, and we, we know what we're about. Uh, when, when Javi came in and, and uh, Jordan came in and all these guys that were missing, uh, I'm hearing that it, it was just a different feel within that team, just kind of getting all their players back. So it, as far as I can tell and hear, Rusnak has also fit in perfectly. I mean, Rusnak is a guy who I was a little bit worried about how he would fit into this team when you're when you've been the man in a club before, and now you gotta come in and there's some other alpha dogs, alpha males in in that locker room, and apparently he's just a good dude, man, and and and, and uh, he has really. Um, contemplated well with the rest of us forwards when Raul Ruiz Diaz is giving you compliments and Raul Ruiz Diaz is thinking that you're really, uh, Hey man, you, you got some game respect, respects game. And as far as I can tell from quite a few of the players, this guy is, he's a baller. So, nice. so that's, that, good to hear. That, that's a good thing for, for the locker room in general. Yeah. And I would think that the Raul Ruiz Diaz seal of approval is a big one in terms of getting everyone else to buy on too. Absolutely. 100%. Right. I mean, this this locker room or this team, in the great majority of the part, Nico and Ro are, are huge influential players uh, for, for this squad. And and he sounds like Rusnak and the rest of his group are just grooving with those guys, man. So uh, the, the feel of the locker room is 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 really great. It, it's it's been really great. Uh, I really think that it there's a lot of optimism, but. They are not counting the chickens before they hatch. I do know that. I mean, they they know that they got to go one game at a time, but they see the potential, man. They see the potential with the young guys. They see the potential with the, the veterans, the depth. I mean, they're excited. Well, that's good to hear. Uh, anything else in the in the works? I don't know who else is left to extend. I guess Yamar is the big one, right? Yeah, Yamar's the only other guy that you could think of uh, getting an extension, Uh Jimmy's Jimmy Madrand is one of the guys that obviously you still have to figure out if he's going to be long-term at some point because he's had some injuries. He's a very talented player when he's healthy, but he's had those. Uh, but other than that, man, everybody's long-term. Yeah. It's, 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 it's rare that you see a, a roster that is this stable uh, that's this talented and this stable. And I suppose the, 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 the risk is that you get stuck in a bunch of contracts that you don't want, right? Like that's, that's why teams are reluctant to get themselves locked in, but it's hard. Like sitting here today, it's hard to second guess any of these decisions, all the players, like I'm a big Javier Arriaga fan. I'm a big Raul Rui Diaz fan. I'm a big, you know, you go down the list. I, I like these players. I think they're good players. And I don't just say that because I like them personally. I think these are like, I think Javier Arriaga is one of the underappreciated uh, players in the Sounders these days. And I'm, I'm really excited to see what he can do with some st- stability. And, uh, and especially as he's going to be pushing for uh, inclusion into the Ecuador World Cup team. Uh, Jamar, I think is, goes beyond, I, everyone loves this guy. Uh, 
It's, it, I will say the thing that's amazing about him is there was a lot of people, uh, a lot myself included, questioning him being benched at the beginning of last year. And that looks like it had really pay, has really paid off. Like it seems like whatever they needed to, him to understand, he came through and very much understood it. No, absolutely. A hundred percent. I mean, speaking, uh, we'll start off with Yamer. I think you're absolutely right. He's a guy that had a great season when he first came on. He was a difference maker, but whatever was the issue and how he came on that preseason and then was benched really sparked a huge just chip on his shoulder. And his relationship with Brian, I think, also ended up in a positive, right? Mm -hmm. Because I think he was able to see that Brian wasn't just, you know, benching him just to bench him uh, because I see it on the training field when Brian talks to Yamar, Yamar will stop and listen. And he, you know, the the English still not quite there, but I I just see a, a huge difference in how they communicate. And I think part of that was that little rough patch when he was benched and now, you know, he's a MLS uh, defender of the year finalist. And yeah, and move, I, I thought he, he deserved it to have I did, it, got my vote. He got my vote as well. So this is just, and this is a fight that I have constantly because uh, in Latin America and in, in, in a lot of these radio shows that you hear, which, you know, I'm always listening to, they're like, Oh, but look at the guys that, you know, LA Galaxy brought it, Douglas Acosta, and, you know, in singing <laughs> Toronto, and oh my goodness, and uh, Tiago Almada. Like, look, Seattle didn't really need to go do that because they had all these guys. They had an MVP, Joe Paulo finalist in their roster. They had Javier Riaga, Yemar Gomez Andrade, one of the best goalkeepers in the in the league, and Stefan Fry. Jordan Morris coming back, Nicolas Adero, Raul Ruiz. I mean, this team is stacked. You don't want to see it because. Maybe they're all news if you want to put it that way. But in all reality, this is a very strong team. And, yeah. and, and in paper, man, they are. No, I think it, it's on paper. It's hard to find weaknesses. And it's all about, you know, you don't play the game on paper. We can kind of go through all the there's there's reasons that if they don't win it all, there's going to be reasons. Right. It's not nothing's guaranteed. But that's why we watch. Right. This is why we uh, this is why we get excited. But um you know, I'm, I'm excited about this season. I don't know that I've ever been quite this optimistic about the beginning of a season as I am right now. Uh, everything seems possible. I guess these, you can maybe say these are famous last words, but uh, you know, I'm excited. I'm excited for, there's a big event going on on Wednesday that I'm excited about. This seems like a great time to be a Sounders fan right now. Be honest Absolutely, with you. man. Absolutely. Big news coming in Wednesday. Just probably going to tell you more about, the growth of this team and, and the fact that they're establishing themselves, not just as a, a protagonist in MLS and a huge team that, that, that deserves talks of the best in, in, in the league, but also globally yeah. in the Americas. Right. I think that this announcement is going to tell you a lot about where this franchise is going, man. So I, I totally agree with you. I think all health aside, man, Seattle could do it all this year. Health aside, as long as they can stay healthy, man. Raul, especially, you know, Nico, Rusnak, Jordan. If this team stays healthy, man, watch out. Yeah, uh, well, that's probably a good place to, to end this. I appreciate you coming on. We're going to have to do this more often. Uh, but yeah, this is, uh, the, it all starts on Thursday, though. Uh, if they can get a good result there, that'll hopefully propel them forward and uh, we'll have a fun season to be talking about. 
All righty, man. I'm excited. Let's do it. Bring me in more often this CONCACAF stuff, man. Absolutely. So uh, if you don't know, if you don't already do this, I imagine if you're listening to this podcast, you hopefully already are a follower of El Rolo NW. Uh, that is Nico's Twitter handle. Uh, read his stuff or Pulso. We get him on to sound our heart whenever we can. Uh, it's great having you, Nico. All right, boss. Take it easy. All right. See you, man.